Welcome back to Glad You're Here at HatsProductions.live. I'm Grant Glad. I'm glad to be here. I'm glad you're here. Steve, I'm glad you're here. Thanks for coming up. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, my, my pleasure, man. Steve, you play in a band called Whiskey Monday. Yes. Which is one of the coolest band names I've ever heard. Where'd that name come from? Uh, geez. Let me see. We used to get together every Monday night, and it was just kind of a communal group of friends would get together, and everybody would bring bourbon, whiskey, whatever, and we would pass it around, and we would try it and just see what we like. And all of a sudden, when it came time to name this party, it was Whiskey Monday, because that's what we did every Monday. I love it. You but, were- yeah, I, I had to stop with the whiskey when I started to actually trying to take it seriously and perform. <laughs> it doesn't, they don't go together, unfortunately. You know, the most I'll have is like one yeah. before a show and maybe another one afterwards, but uh, yeah, because everybody just assumes I'm some raging alcoholic. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, yeah, well, hey, it's, you gotta, you gotta sell the image, right? So you Absolutely. go up there with a glass of apple juice and put some, <laughs> put some ice in it. No, I'll, I'll usually go up there with the water and you know, it, it's all good. Yeah. Well, good, good stuff. I'm glad. I'm glad to have you here. And you've been you've been making cool music around town. I'm, I'm excited to talk to you. I'm excited. I know we've we've talked in depth before, but now uh, people get to listen to it. So yeah, I haven't good. seen you since what September. <sighs> that sounds right. Yeah. We got together and sat down and had a long chat. Yeah. Chicken over, wings. <laughs> that's a good spot. Ray J's is the best. Shout oh, out to Ray J's over good in Northeast. Wings. Yeah, it is. They got good wings over there. Um, but you've been you've been staying busy since then, right? You've been working on some stuff. Yeah, um, right now Whiskey Monday's been on hiatus kind of since uh, mid July. Uh, our lead guitarist Matt moving to Nashville next week. Shout out to Matt. Yeah, good for him. He and his wife are moving, and uh, so I've been putting the feelers out trying to find some new musicians. You know, new lead stuff and whatever. My drummer's still around. My bass player's still around, but they're kind of doing their own thing right now too. Yeah. And Greg and Jim. I'm not Greg. I'm looking at Greg. Uh, Wayne and Jim. Wayne's on bass. Jim's on drums. Um, but yeah, I've I've interviewed a lot of guitarists and stuff. But it's it's hard getting that right synergy. Oh, guitar players are tough too. It's the yeah. It, it, there's the most of them, and it's the hardest position to fill, right? Because <laughs> I think so. I mean, bass. Everyone says bass players are, and yeah. I, I I'd agree if you're going to say, okay, I want a premier bass player. But a lot of times you don't need the best bass player. You just need somebody that you can get along with that can hold it down. Exactly. Someone that's a good hang is the yeah. best bass player. There. And that's what I'm looking for with guitarists. And a lot of times you find somebody that's a good guitarist, and it's like, yeah, yeah but do I really want to hang with that person? Yeah, that's the that's the hard part. And then some of them you want to hang with, and they also want to play 8,000 notes a minute, and you're like, that, yeah. doesn't, that doesn't fit the song. <laughs> yeah, I'm not Yngwie Malmsteen or going that direction, so... Uh. It's uh, all good. It's hey, but uh, to to each their own, right? It's just guitar guitar players tend to be the most. Uh, I don't know. They're the most liberal with their the notes that they'll. They're play verbose. On. Verbose. Thank you. Yeah. That is that is the right word. They are verbose. You you don't find a verbose bass player very often. If you do, John Ant Whistle is about the only one that comes to mind. Yeah, or Flea. Flea comes to there mind. You go. But he has to be. I mean, that yeah. guy. Can you imagine if someone played in the Red Hot Chili Peppers and just did dum dum dum? I think he and the drummer make that band. Oh, I I would totally. completely agree. That my my opinion on that band is like, it, you could have anybody singing and it'd be a good band. The and and I am sure there's Anthony Kiedis fans out there oh, somewhere. Yeah. N- nothing nothing against the guy, but it's just like anybody could lead that band and be successful. I'm not a huge fan of their music. I like songs here and there. But, yeah. But I agree. It's it's kind of that. It's da, 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 da. you got that staccato <laughs> rhythm, and that's yeah. kind of their thing. That's the that's the whole deal. And that's that's not really the Whiskey Monday thing. You guys are not the Chili Peppers. You're more of like the Americana Southern Rock. Northern rock, really type type of sound, right? I yeah, I, I always people always want me to say, well, who are you like, and who's this? And they want to compartmentalize, yep. and and I get it because people want to know kind of who you sound like before they want to invest in anything or spend the time or yep. whatever. Um, we started off a lot more Americana, a little bluegrass. We had fiddle, we had mandolin and stuff, and we've progressed over the years. And we started off as more cow punk. Yeah, that's a good word for it. Yeah, it was like we were doing Western songs, but we would have distortion and feedback and everything. And I'm, I'm known to scream a little bit and uh, wreck my voice. Um, So I try to keep a little bit of that there because I mean we all have our influences, and it's how you bring those influences in and how do they gel? Yes, you know that's the tough thing. 
Yeah, you, I can go Johnny Cash to Social Distortion real quick, but I also go to Joy Division real quick. Yeah, I you know I just discovered Joy Division the other day. This is embarrassing, but it was like a band that I always knew was there, sure. and then I just found them, and I was like, this stuff is good. Like considering that they really didn't know what they were doing, and yeah. they just kind of did it. Yeah, I mean that. That's, I, I always found them inspiring just because I was always into dark music, like The Cure mm-hmm. and stuff like that. I was, I was kind of a, I never dressed the goth thing, but I was into goth, industrial, dark stuff, heavy. Yeah. That to me was always liberating. I don't know why. And, um, and I think you can find that sometimes in some of my songs can be a little dark too. But I definitely try to balance it where this is not going to be this big sledgehammer of doom. <laughs> sledgehammer of doom. There's an album title. There you go. Right there. There we go. <laughs> Whiskey Monday, Sledgehammer of Doom. <laughs> well, so, you, so how does how does a Whiskey Monday, like, I, I'm always curious about the process that people go through, right? Like, how does a Whiskey Monday song come to be? And I don't mean, like, did you write lyrics or music first? Like, the what, what I mean is, do you do you bring it to the band and then... You're like, here, I have a three chords and, and like a verse, and let's build this out together. Or are you like, here's a pretty fully fleshed song. Like, Wayne, I want you to kind of play this on the bass. How do you, how do you guys kind of go about it? It varies, but I do write uh, the majority of the stuff first, and then I bring it to the band. And if I'm stuck on anything, I'm, I'm to the point now with the group where we were at was I had so much trust in them which changes the way you do things. Yeah. You can come in and just say, hey, Matt, I've got these couple chords, like you're saying. Uh, what do you think? Some suspended chords here, some slide here, whatever. And he was always awesome because we our, our brainwaves, we have that point of reference. Yep. Because you just look at him and say, more, Cam- more Mike Campbell. Yeah. And he exactly knew what I was talking about. So that's the hard fill, you know. Yeah. And I'll never be able to fill his shoes. It's just finding somebody else that I like to make music with. That's 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 one that's the only thing you can do. It's the only way you can yeah. really move move forward when you lose somebody like that. And shout out to Matt. I hope I hope he's out there listening because uh, well, I had the luxury of playing with Matt for a while too. I stole him from you, borrowed him well, rather. We shared Matt we, for a while. We did. We shared Matt, not sexually, yeah. but you know. But it was a good time. Yeah, yeah, it was it was a good time. Matt Matt was playing bass in my band, and his his whole thing at the time was like, I just want to play bass in somebody's band. Like, I don't want to I don't want to think too hard about it. And even then, like, he couldn't turn the brain off. He's still like, here's yeah. here's how we here's how we actually make this better. And it was it was super cool having like, um, like a mentor relationship with somebody like it that. changes the way you write. Yes, exactly. Because now I've got this this openness where I can come in and say, okay, I got this weird idea. What do you think about this? And he would put it in. I always called him a note nerd. Yeah. You know, how do you conceptualize this idea and make it a little bit more country? I I never say, okay, I'm going to write a country song. I just write what comes out and I just try to be an open conduit and let it go. Um, Then I tend to write, I don't know, sometimes 75%. And if I have the hook or if we get together and write the hook together, um, it really depends. And with Jim, he's been with me forever, the drummer. Um, I kind of let him do his thing. But I'll, I'll, if I have an idea in my head, I'll say, can you think about this terms? And so it's it's always this shared approach to it. Um, Wayne, he's always going to be the, uh, the FNG. <laughs> um, he's been with us for over two years, but he's still the new guy. And yeah. I know he'll appreciate that because he's a big Neil Peart fan. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he's like a huge rush buff, right? Oh, like all the way down. He saw them like 40 times. I mean, oh, he used to wow. travel all over. Yeah, he's got rush tattoos, you name it, and uh, wow. die hard. And I was always a huge rush fan too, but not to his level. Yeah. No. So so you guys are going to start doing some rush covers? You're going to throw them in, throw them in the set? You know you what? We have done Closer to the Heart a few times. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's got to be fun. How do you, how do you, how do you do it? <laughs> I mean, like, I just try to be me. Yeah. There's no way anybody can be Getty. No. I've heard some females pull it off pretty well. Yeah. But I've not heard a guy pull it off. Oh, no. I, yeah. But props to you for, for doing it and making it your own, though. Like, that's. It was a welcome to Wayne, you know, because he was such a fan. It's like, okay, what can we do to kind of bridge this a little bit? I love it. And but it's like, and I'm looking at it, going, yeah, there's no way I can do that. <laughs> so I'm not even going to try. <laughs> That's a knowing knowing your limits is half the battle. Got to stay in your wheelhouse. You got it. You got to stay in your wheelhouse. And your wheelhouse really is like song songwriting. I feel like would be if I, if we had to describe you in one word, like songwriter would be. Would you feel like that'd be safe? Yeah, I think so. Um, if we only had one, because you do a lot. I mean, you're you're playing and you're composing and everything, but I feel like the heart of a lot of it is the song. Yeah, um, 
I was an engineer and a producer before I started, well, way back when I was playing guitar in bands and stuff and I would do whatever, but then I got into engineering and went to school for it and everything and uh, actually I think it was Matt that challenged me, what made me, because he was like, well, you think it's so easy, why don't you come on the other side of the glass? Yeah. Because I'm suggesting things about, you know, and people are, they're, they're babies. They are. You know, you're not going to tell them, oh, your baby's ugly. That's true. <laughs> Uh, so he encouraged me to kind of get on the other side, and I've got some other friends that kind of encouraged me to try that avenue as well. So I did, and I started taking it more serious. And, you know, you you go back and you listen to singer-songwriters like Towns Van Zant, and we were talking earlier, John Prine, yep. all these people. I mean, Chris Christopherson, this is a craft. And I won't even say that I'm in that same breath or anywhere near there. I just... I tried to look at it from my perspective, and I try to look at things. I have a duality sense where I look at things from different angles and try to understand a bigger picture. Yeah. So that's how I tend to write. I I love that. So like, how does that how does that come out in a song? I guess what what I mean is like when you're looking at something from different angles, like where does the song idea come from? Take take me through take me through the the process a little bit. You know what I mean? Um, like you see you see Greg in the corner in a flannel shirt, and you're like, oh, there's a guy with long hair. I'm gonna write a song about long haired Greg, and then <laughs> you know he's what a I closet mean? bassist as well. Oh, is he? Wow. All right, Greg. <laughs> the world needs more bassists. You can't be see? a closet bassist. You can't hide that. Bass bassist. Oh, you know, I've had through the time through time. Things have changed on how I write a little bit. When I first started, I used to write a song one a year. Wow. And I would try to spend time just doing all this perfecting. And it was, I didn't, I, I hate to sound present, presumptuous because everybody says, well, my art. And it's like, is it really your art? No, I'm just kind of a conduit is how I look at myself. I just, I see things, I try to make some notes. Yeah. And I changed how I did that because I used to try to write everything verse, chorus, verse, chorus. Now I make notes to myself and I say, oh, that's kind of a cool line, or I'll hear something that influences me in a certain way or makes me think differently, and I'll just jot down all these ideas. Cool. And then when I start writing, it's like, oh, that idea kind of flows into this. Now I can kind of conceptualize the song a little bit differently. And having a seven-year-old boy who asks question after question after <laughs> question, I've changed how that comes about too i mean I, i'm looking back at my life when i was a kid differently i'm looking back at okay what do i see his future so some of the newer stuff has been a little bit more reminiscing looking back and kind of looking at where i was where i am and how i got to where i am i i love that and that that actually sounds like a perfect segue into you know i made you bring a guitar all the way up here oh man all the way up here <laughs> all the way up here made you load it up into the van drive it on up you want to you want to play something for us sure yeah i love it we got uh we got steve peterson from whiskey monday in the studio live on happyproductions.live on glad you're here steve what are you gonna play for us i'm gonna play mexican blackbird this Ooh. is uh one of my favorite songs that we never do live all right. And you and I were talking about that too. It's like sometimes you have a song that you like that, you know, oh, what's the single? Uh, no clue. You know, <laughs> depends on what people like. And it's always different. But this was one that I always liked that I just uh, had trouble fitting into the song list sometimes because you do a show and you look at who you're playing with, and a lot of times you need to be up tempo and you need to kind of right. grab people. And playing solo, you look at it a little bit differently. I write all the songs on acoustic guitar, but sometimes when you start playing it with the band, you start stepping back three steps. Yes. Because, okay, I have to create more space for the guitarist. The bass player, he has to have his place. You know, I, that's how my, Matt and I always look at it. It's like, okay, does everybody have a place? Yep. And dynamics, how big that is. So when you go back and you start listening to stuff and you're just like, wow. When I wrote this, it was so much busier, and now it's now it's a lot sparser. Yeah, you're filling a lot of space with one man and acoustic guitar. Um, can you give me a strum on that guitar so I can get my sounds that one? I'm not hearing that in my ears. Either. I am not either. Keep playing for me. Give me a second. I'll figure this out.
Yeah, it is there a little bit now. It is a little bit? Yeah. I just scratched the capsule. We should be should be good. Sorry about that, folks. Technical difficulty. This see, this is live. This is live. <laughs> this is how it goes. All right, this is Mexican Blackbird. All right. Can't look at her reflection because she always. song thank you yeah well thank you for sharing it for me yeah. this is this is the best part of my week you get like a private concert you know <laughs> three of us in a room <laughs> yeah you can't beat it oh what's the what's the story behind that one mexican blackbird well part of it was a, a big breakup with a, a former fiance um and part of it was i had finished the song i mean matt matt was a touring musician all over the place and uh Part of this, it came together more. I mean, I had recorded it and everything, but it came together when we were in Scotland playing on this commune thing, and it, the words all of a sudden made a lot more sense. And I made a few little changes, and I was like, okay, that actually is a good song. Uh, something that I, I was, I hate to say it, well, that's a good song because it's my song. <laughs> um, I always tend to look at it, it's like, okay, would I go buy that? Yeah. That's kind of my criteria, and, uh, 
you know, it, it, I don't want to look at it as, as everything is about commercialism or anything like that, but it's kind of a criteria that I try to, in, you know, instill in the band. It's like, okay, how do we make this better? How do we trim the fat? How do we, you know, would you go buy this? And if you would, okay, then other people will too. That's a that's a fair criteria. It's a good good way to go about it. And yeah, you created you created something cool there. There is something you mentioned there that I'm not going to let you blow by about how you were playing in a Scotland commune. Because we <laughs> can we, we go back to that for a second? <laughs> Tell me rewind, more. Rewind a little. Bit <laughs> rewind a second. How did we get from here to Scotland? <laughs> um, it was uh, Matt was preparing for a tour over there, which he had done numerous times before and he's got all kinds of friends over there and and matt's a very gregarious person he makes friends everywhere he goes yeah um and he's just he's a good talker and he just you know people buy into it they like him and he's a likable guy and he's a great musician so he's gonna go over there and his buddy that uh he used to go over there with um just couldn't do it and matt was like i don't want to cancel this tour and I don't know what to do because it was going to be 26 days. What was it? I ended up doing 20 shows in 26 days. And that's, we did England, Scotland, Wales, and then we went over to Ireland and traveled all over. That's pretty grueling. But uh, the thing was, is like he, he didn't want to, he had to, he felt he wanted to bring somebody with. And, and it, we were out to eat. And I, I was just kind of joking. We said, yeah, I'll do it. <laughs> and he looked at me and he's like, yeah, right. Because <laughs> before that point, I'd never played solo acoustic and sang. Oh, geez. Way to dive into the deep end. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And I said, you know, sometimes I kind of push myself out of fear. You know, I f- try to face my fears. That's, again, something I'm trying to instill in my son. It's like, if you're afraid of something, why? Yeah. Because a lot of times when you face it and you hit it head on, there's nothing to be afraid of. So I, I looked at it that way, and he thought I was joking, and I said, no, seriously, I, I'll do it. And he goes, well, let me think about it. Oh, man, that's that's cool, though. I uh, So you're one of those guys who's like, you know, I'm, I'm kind of afraid of heights, so I'm going to go jump from an airplane. Yes, yeah, I kind of <laughs> am. That's how you roll. I like it. Oh, that's that's cool. And that's, hey, you wouldn't have a cool song like that if not for making the taking the experience, taking the dive. You know, out of that tour, I, I ended up finishing up about two, three songs and just kind of looked at them differently because... The interaction over there is a lot different than here. Um, you go to some places and there's no PA whatsoever. There's no microphones. You just go up there and you play and people will ignore you. <laughs> and uh, every once in a while they'll clap. And then you're like, oh, shit, I just bombed big yeah. time. And then the bar owner will come over, the pub owner. Oh, no, they loved you. Yeah. I mean, this happened in uh, Glasgow. And I thought I just bombed. And he's like, they clapped. That means they liked you a lot. Yeah. And I, I'm just like, well, wait a minute, you know? That's it's, funny. It's very different. And uh, I, I took it as a challenge, and I, I I did as well as I could, and I thought I did pretty good, and it changed the way I kind of looked at a lot of things. And when I came back here, I approached shows differently, too. Yeah. You know, because when you get going out here, you know, the crowds, especially in Minneapolis... Sometimes they're talking more about their band in the audience more than what you can do on stage, and it's kind of yep. distracting. Uh, but, uh, yeah, and so you go over, and it's a different culture and everything else. I I always look at it that, okay, if I'm playing a show for 500 people or five people, it shouldn't matter the difference because it's the same thing. You're just trying to reach people into understanding and maybe it's looking at something different. And how do you connect with those people? And in a 500-person show, maybe you reach one person out there, and they're like, dude, that, I really dug that. And it's like, that to me means more than just everybody clapping and just walking away. Right, and and then just going, that was that was good music tonight, and then going and on about their lives and never thinking about it again. Exactly. Yeah, no, I, I'm I'm right there with you. And and there's that uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna butcher this phrase. You'll you'll probably correct me on it. I hope you will because I it's in my head, but I can't remember what it is. But it's like good art should offend people or something like that. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. It, yeah. It was a punk. That was it's it's a punk thing, but yeah. it's like you. Um, or, or yeah, it's in the tip of my tongue the whole phrase but it's it's kind of like if you're making people feel something one way or the other you're you're definitely going to get 
more out of that experience than a bunch of well, people. you're getting a reaction out of somebody. Exactly. And all of a sudden you have a reaction. Now you have a conversation. Yes, exactly. That's what I was trying to get at. Thank you. You kind of matted me there. You, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you took what I was trying to say and uh, put it into words. Yeah. No, that's that's exactly it. And good for you for, for doing the trip over the 26 shows in, or 20 shows in 26 days. I couldn't do one show in Dublin because as we were getting on the ferry, I slipped and I tore my MCL in my knee. Oh, no. And then we got uh, to Dublin, and then we had to go up the cobblestone hill, which is about a mile walk. And I was like, okay, I got to take tonight off. I, I can, I got to lay down. Otherwise, I'm not going to complete this tour. Yeah. How far into the tour was that? That was the first show in, oh, Dub- no. in Dublin. No. <laughs> <laughs> so the rest of Ireland was, uh, yeah, kind of hobbled. Yeah. Well, hey, you probably fit right in with the locals, then. They're hobbling around around there, right? Ireland, you know, my grandma was from Ireland, and she didn't move over here until she was 14. Yeah. She was from Cork. And uh, I thought I was going to have this epiphany going there, and I thought, I thought okay, I'm going to just feel something, and I'm going to just feel at home. I didn't really bond with Ireland. Nothing against it. I've, I met some great people there, and I had a lot of fun, and it was a great experience. Uh, but the one I really bonded with was Scotland. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. It was just... The people are very different, and I was like, you know, I don't know. It was just, it felt like I was kind of just natural. You know, I I find that in travels more often than not, that's the way it goes, right? Like the place you expect something out of, you right. never get it. <laughs> the place you go into with no expectations, you're like, wow, this is incredible. I agree. And no expectations is how I try to look at a lot of things because then you're going to pre- going to pre make up some scene in your head how this is going to be and this is going to and then I don't think you really absorb the whole situation no I think it's uh it's like the wedding complex right like everyone everyone imagines their wedding is going to be a certain type of way and then <laughs> they, they get there and it's, it's just a, it's just another and then thing. she turns into bridezilla right <laughs> Oh, my girlfriend's listening, and so um, <laughs> Cassidy, we're not we're not talking about you. It's uh, I, I'm I don't know. I, I'll dig my way out of this later. I'll be in trouble. <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, ever when you expect so much out of like anything, it never lives up to it. It's you know, nothing's ever going to be perfect, and that's exactly. the one big thing I took out of that tour. Is as much as I'm prepared, as much as I do whatever I need to do. It's never going to be perfect. Yes. So when I got back, it was like, you know what? I'm just going to try to enjoy myself and not worry about all the details as much. Yeah. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of details, but, uh, I, you know, I, I just try to have more fun. That's, that's the best way to do it. That's the best way to do it. Speaking of having fun, we got to take a second and thank some sponsors. And then uh, after that, when we come back, you want to play another song for us? I can do that. You can do that? All right. Well, let's, uh, let's, play, let's play a few uh, sponsors here, and we'll be right back. I'm glad you're here. On happyproductions.live. Glad you're here. Hey, it's Emma for Sage Cleaning. We recently moved into our new home and the previous occupant, or should I say occupant's pet, might not have been as respectful as they should have been. I tried tackling the problem areas myself, but it became apparent I needed a professional. Sage Cleaning was referred to us by a trusted friend and fellow business owner, so we made the call. Jesse and his team arrived on time, diagnosed and treated the problem areas, and left our new home's carpet looking, smelling, and feeling great. Sage Cleaning doesn't just clean carpets and remove stains. They also offer carpet dyeing and repair, water damage restoration, and even tile and grout cleaning. Sage Cleaning, 763-772-7540. It's Emma approved. SageCleaningLLC.com, 763-772-7540. SageCleaningLLC.com. Hi, I'm Kelly, member consultant with Affinity Plus. We take pride in getting to know our local businesses and members like Sean, host of the Happy Trucker Show. We always have been and always will be here for Happy Productions and other members like you. We'd like to be your financial partner for all your personal and business banking needs. Visit our Cambridge location at 1990 2nd Avenue Southeast or visit our website at affinityplus.org. Affinity Plus is federally insured by NCUA. Learn more at affinityplus.org. Wayne Randall here inviting you to join me on Sunday mornings from 8 to 9 for Happy Bluegrass Hour and then from 9 to 11 for Americana Country. That's Sunday mornings right here on happyproductions.live.
buy a video game. All right, I'm back on the I'm unmuted now. Um, sorry, I was ranting off there to, to my guests. I, I tend to do that. I bring people into the studio and I make them listen to my rants in between songs and during commercials. It's great. Hey, but, I'm sorry if we offended you, Cassie. It wasn't directed at you in any way, shape, or form. It was, it was not. Oh, yeah. Also, I should clarify, that was not what the rant was about. I was ranting about oh. COVID stuff. Uh, so, yes. All right. You want to dig me out of this with a song, Steve? I can do that. I would appreciate that. Uh this is one of our newer ones, uh, Innocent Hearts, which Greg did the photography for the cover on this one and everything. So, Shout out to Greg. Yeah, it turned out awesome. Yeah. Go one year off, I think. All right. It's been about 20 years. Put away all the bad You found your strength To let go of your sad And yesterday Seems so, so far away Pretty song. A little screw up there, but hey. 
I didn't catch it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. That was right. That's yeah. Exactly no, it's, it sounded sounded like the right thing. Oh, that's that's an awesome song. Is that off your last record or is that a new one? No, this is this is a new one. Yeah. Okay. Um, the band where we were at, like I said, our last show was uh, mid July, so we've been on a hiatus for a while. Um, we recorded a full record as a band, and it was great. Everybody's very happy with it. But then this came up, and it's like, okay, what do you do with it now? Do you release it as a full band thing? Do you release it as some singles? And it's been kicking around, and you know, the, the majority seem to think just release it as it is. But I'm always one that I want to recreate it as best I can. You know, sometimes yeah. you, you can't, exactly. Yep. And you got to be okay with that. But if it's just me kind of doing this, it's, you know, because Matt was very integral in a lot of these parts. There's, when I'm doing the... The bass is moving in one direction, slide guitar is moving in another direction, and that's just holding down underneath. So it's like, okay, how can I pull this off in a live situation solo and still make it interesting? So... I've I've been coming more to terms with okay I can do almost all these songs live yeah so I think we are going to release it as the full I'll probably release a couple singles off of it um, this one was released it is on Spotify and everywhere else as a single and then there's another single that uh, low hanging fruit yep. which I think we'll hear later maybe we will um, that was released about a year ago so this record will see the light of day it's going to come out I'm very proud of it. I mean, all of us really enjoyed making it. We enjoyed spending the time together. Uh, we did the right things as far as trimming the fat. You know, it's like when it comes to production value, it's I don't want to overproduce anything in this genre. It's just, to me, it, it takes away from what you're doing. A hundred percent. And that's also another interesting hat. I mean, you brought it up right out right at the gate that you're, you're a producer, engineer. Like, that's that was the first thing before you got it even uh, making music, right? Yeah, I was making records for yeah. other people. So uh, you're wearing a lot of different hats in this band. <laughs> it's a lot to carry sometimes. Yeah. But you know what? It's You and I talked about this. It's like you're going to be more passionate about it than anybody else is ever going to be about it. Yep. And, you know, I enjoy engineering a lot. Uh, Matt's an engineer as well. Excuse me. So he and I enjoyed working on stuff together as far as, okay, is this bass a little flubby? Yeah. You know, it's like, okay, yeah, that sounds about 800 hertz needs to do this, and 300 hertz needs, needs to come out a little bit more because the kick drum's interfering with this. So we nerd out. Yeah. I mean, we're big-time nerds. Um, and everybody just kind of looks at us and, all right, we're going to go outside. <laughs> so... <laughs> I I know exactly what you're talking about because I've been in that boat with Matt before where he's like, all right, I'm going to pick up this microphone. It's going to get this this great. And I'm like, I've, I've told him before. I've just been like, here's the deal, Matt. I don't know how any of this shit works. Um, I trust you to make it sound good. And uh, I trust that you can take my mediocre talents and make them above average. That's what, <laughs> that's what I want you to do. It's got to start from a, you know what? Everything though starts from a strong song. That's true. Yeah. Um, I mean, how many times did you listen to something that you used to love when you were a teenager and you're like, I'm, I'm going to oh. say it. I'm going to might offend people, but take a kiss song. Yeah. Go back and listen to it. I know, Greg. Oh, man. Sorry. But go back and listen to it. And you're kind of like, wow, that's kind of painful. It's, the lyrics are pretty bad. Yeah. But you know what? The music was driving and this and that. And it's like, okay, that's, I get it, I guess, but, but I don't. Yeah. And there's a sense, there's such a sense of nostalgia that gets, get tie, gets tied Absolutely. to that stuff that like you can't listen to it unbiased anymore after a certain point, you know? Yeah. But when you listen to stuff from the past and you're in a different place in your life, sometimes it doesn't translate. That's, that's a good point. I, uh, I've been, I've been listening. Have you heard this podcast? Your favorite band sucks. No. <laughs> I would rec I recommend it to okay. everybody. I've been listening to this when I go to sleep at night lately. It's called Your Favorite Band Sucks. It's actually David Allen Coe's kit, Tyler Tyler Coe. He's does Tyler Coe. Tyler okay. Coe. Um so he does this podcast called Your Favorite Band Sucks and they go after I mean they're they, these guys are gluttons for punishment because they'll go they're like, oh, "Okay, we're going to do an episode on the Beatles. We're going to do the Rolling Stones." And but like they make it funny and they'll 
they'll pick these bands and sometimes I'll be like, all right, I like this band. Like, what can they even say about them? And kind of like you said, they get into it and they're like, if you like this band, it's because you liked them when you were 16 and you haven't listened to them since. And then I go back and listen to them and I'm like, these kids are right, man. Like, it's not as good as I thought. Well, that last song, Innocent Hearts, that was me looking back at uh, growing up. And uh, I grew up in Brooklyn Park and I was... We, when I grew up, we were on the edge. 252 ended at 85th. Now that goes to 610 and goes all through. And and uh, Edinburgh came in, which is this big golf course and everything. But we used to ride our bikes, and it was all woods, and there was just trails. And, you know, there's a lot of good memories about that yeah. and just being free. And so a lot of that song was about that. And some of it was looking back at uh, you look at other relationships that you've had, and you try to... And again, it, it also goes back to my kid, you know. I, I love you, Severin, and uh, so I'm going to make as much money off you as I can, though. Um, so looking at it from a different perspective, you look at it from the eyes of a child, and this goes into that duality. And then you look at it from where you're at now, looking back at it. Yeah. It's like, would that be different? Would I feel different about that situation or whatever? And it's also kind of saying... You know, some of these relationships ended, and they ended for a reason, and I played my part in that, and there's nobody's to fully blame for anything, you know? Yeah, and and that's and, and it's really comes through in a song like that where it's really cohesive, and you can tell that it's been well thought out, right? Like, there are some people that write songs, and lyrics aren't really the priority, you know? Or, sure. or and, and there's nothing wrong with that. Like, everyone focuses on something if different. If it's catchy, and it's got a great chorus, and it's got that hook, yeah, yeah exactly. You can still like it. You can, yeah, there's nothing, nothing wrong with it. Every song has a different goal, really, I guess is what it's sure. at the end of the day. And that one, you do a really good job of conveying kind of both perspectives. Like, like you said, the duality of you know being young and, uh, and also having the perspective on looking back on being young right where again i'm gonna butcher some phrase but it's a common cliche of like you know i i miss being young but i'd never want to do it again i agree with that um you know there's there's not a lot that i would do over as far as change I, i think everything that we do affects who we are today and some of those mistakes i think uh you gotta leave them in yeah that's that's part of the process. It gets baked in, and that's how you you grow. Exactly. If you never if you never screw up, you never grow. Exactly. Yeah. You, yeah. But that was one of the lyrics in there was talking about, uh, you know, would you even remember my name? And uh, and you broke up, and you didn't have any communication. You never know what happened to him. And you're looking at this thirty years later, and it's like, I wonder if she's still dancing on my grave, kind of thing. Because <laughs> right. uh, you know, it was a bad breakup, and. Uh, or did it just kind of become one of those things that they don't even remember you? You're like a speed bump in time. Yeah, that's such a good. It's such a good question. I think I think about that stuff all the time, right? Just kind of looking back and like, do those people think of me the way that I thought of them? Like, <laughs> you know, and it, it does. I mean, it's I, I don't know. I, it, it, that's why I do the duality thing because it's like I try to see multiple sides of a situation, and, and that's how I am in life. And a lot of people don't get that, and it's like. Well, you know, and maybe one of those sides is a little tongue in cheek in the song or whatever. But you know what? That's artistic license. Yeah, yeah, you get to do that. Yeah, you get to do that. If I wrote it, I can do whatever I want. Exactly. And the more the more you get to look at things genuinely, then when you get mad at somebody, then you get to really dig in because you've been doing the duality so um, genuinely for so long. And then if you if you don't want to, <laughs> you want to you want to paint somebody in an ugly light. They're like, well, I mean, Steve hasn't lied to us yet. Right. <laughs> <laughs> There's that. <laughs> uh, but uh, I know I know you're kind of on that hiatus looking for looking for the guitar player. Are you going to be playing any solo gigs coming up or anything like that? I don't have anything booked right now. Um, I was going to start doing some stuff, and I've got some offers to do some things, and I've kind of just kept it all at arm's distance. Part of it is because of work right yeah. now with everything else. Well, and- we should talk about that. <laughs> People probably want to talk. <laughs> Because uh, you work for for like a, a a little sports team around town, a couple, a couple, a couple of them the, at uh, U.S. Bank, right? Yeah, yeah. You're the sound guy at U.S. Bank Stadium. Uh, I do. I'm the head of sound for the Minnesota Vikings, and I'm the head of sound for the Minnesota Twins. Yeah, and uh, so I get to see lots of sports. Um, I also staff all the Minnesota United stuff, and I used to do Gophers at uh, TCF, which is now Huntington. I think. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I know they changed the name. I think it's yeah. Huntington. But uh, you know, I got into it at the right time where I was in studios and I was working on stuff. And a friend of a friend called me up and just said, "Hey, do you think you can help me out at the Metrodome?" 
And I was like, well, I never really wanted to do live sound. I was more of a studio guy. Two years in, I was ahead of sound for the last four years at the Metrodome and kind of duct taping it together and keeping it moving and stuff. And uh, and it's been great. You know, it, it's I've met so many great people and I've brought people into situations that they would have never been able to see or be part of. And, uh, you know, it feels good. Um, I'm proud of it and hopefully it'll continue on yeah. as long as possible. But uh, we got playoffs coming up and. Uh, we were again talking earlier. It's like Vikings are a little bit hard to pinpoint this year. Yeah, well, it's it's kind of like your comment earlier about like, would you pay for this? So my question for you is, would you bet on the Vikings? Would you? <laughs> are you betting on them? I will say this. Yeah. Every time that we've come back from an impossible place this year, the crowd has willed that team back into it. That's good to hear. So we're playing at home. I would say yes because we're at home. Yeah. Um. When we were down 33 nothing, I mean, the crowd was... You could see the players actually drawing from it every single play because the crowd, obviously people left, but they were, the majority stayed. And they were just yelling and screaming and pumping it up. And a lot of that has to do with the game production and everything, the, doing the stuff that they do. But the team really fed off of it. And, uh, you know, being a Viking fan is not always easy. <laughs> No, it's not. That's an understatement right there. It's, uh, it's always a little bit kind of like, all right, what what's going to happen next? Yeah. But when you see that and you see the players peeking up and pretty soon they start coming back and now they're on the benches and they're doing the skull chant with the crowd, it's it's pretty emotional as far as, I mean, the goosebumps, they, you know, the hair in your arm is standing up and it, it's pretty cool. Yeah, a few, few things will do that like a uh, – an emotionally charged sporting event. I, I don't know how, any other way to say it, but like when there's when there's a big comeback or something like that, there's there's not much better. Um, but there's also I even mean, you also do concerts there, right? So you're doing you're doing the sounds for the concerts. So I got I got a question on that. And I don't you don't have to call anybody out if you don't want to, but I'm going to try. I, mean, I, I don't get you do to. the sound for the concert. I help them. You help. I yeah. Facilitate. Okay. And I haven't done the last couple. Okay. But who was? You, you can you can tell me to uh, to screw off. But who was the biggest diva? of the artists that you had to interact with. Oh, I won't even hold back. <laughs> That'd be Beyonce. Oh, really? Oh, God. Wow, why? Um, usually my job was to facilitate with their front of house, and I would look at our system, and I would walk around with their engineers, and a lot of times they have system techs that come in beforehand, and the system techs, you know, the engineer that's out front is only as good as their system tech. They know how to tune everything. They know set, how to set up everything. And most of the bands are very anal when it comes to that, and they allow them to do their thing, spend their time. Um, you know, Kenny Chesney, Garth Brooks. And it, it, I was not a huge country fan, but working with these crews was incredible because yeah. these guys were so positive. And the incentives that these artists give uh, their crews. I mean, Kenny Chesney takes his entire crew when they're done with their tour, to a Caribbean island for a week. That's awesome. And he pays for everything, the flight, all the food, everything. And then he also has a drawing, and one person gets like a hundred grand. All right. Because it's he wants one person to make a difference, whether it be paying off their house, maybe putting their kid through college or whatever. Huge. So My, yeah. I'm not a huge fan of his music, but I got to respect the guy. Because he did cover a Guy Clark song. Did you know that? I did not. He did. Uh, Hemingway's Whiskey. He covered that. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's cool. Good for Kenny. And Garth Brooks, the same thing. It's like, you know, this guy is the youngest guy or youngest person on his uh, musicians, the group that plays with him, has been with him for like 20 years. Jeez. So his guitarist was his college roommate. <laughs> Just the loyalty. And I did his... Uh, private VIP little question there and the guy was so humble and down to earth and I was just I was like this is Garth and he's in Adidas jeans and a t-shirt and a baseball cap and he Love just that. walks in comes over to me hey I'm Garth <laughs> you know just super down to earth and then you got somebody like Beyonce who we weren't allowed to look at the stage or use our phones for this two-hour oh, period kind no. of thing and it's like we have work to do that we have to get done yeah and if i'm texting somebody and i had her security come up to me and try to take my phone away and kick me out of the building i'm like i'll, I'll leave and you guys can just be on your own <laughs> yeah best of luck but then we you know you get past that and then you're dealing with their sound person that's out front and he didn't have any cares whatsoever and how it sounded he didn't care i mean i said i can fill you in as far as 
we've got all these delays on these speakers. You guys are going to set it up how you like it. But I know where the weak zones are, where it sounds bad in here. Yeah. And I can tell you that this area is bad or whatever. And he's like, I don't care. And he's like, this is all about video. They don't care about audio. And I was like, Interesting. ouch. That's brutal. Can you imagine being a music artist and that's what your people say about your show? Well, and you know, and and I know people think that I'm kind of being an asshole about this, but no, uh, no, you're, <laughs> you're um, clear. <laughs> but it's like, oh, we got 27 musicians on the stage. Yeah, but none of them are plugged in, and you're using all Pro Tools. Oh my, yeah, it's all backing tracks, and it's like that to me is just when you're charging that kind of a ticket. I'm sorry, I'm kind of old school. Yeah, you know, play your stuff, and I, I get that you use backing tracks. I get that you do some of this stuff, but play it. Yeah, I man. There was something that I that I was talking about at the very beginning of the show about how like this this will make sense in a second, but how how a lot of these publishing houses or, or these old time artists like Bob Dylan and Neil Young are selling their publishing rights for like eight hundred million dollars, yeah. right? And it's just going to make it harder for smaller artists to like get a crack in because you know the people that paid for that are going to make their money back. Oh, absolutely. So they're going to be pushing that out through sync licensing, everything, whatever. But the fact that people like Beyonce are using backing tracks and charging eight hundred dollars a ticket, I think we're at the tipping point with that type of shit. I, th- I I have to believe that people are just kind of like, I would much rather go see Whiskey Monday at uh, the local bar than go deal with the U.S. Bank. I, I just, I think people are kind of coming around. I think so. I, I prefer going to a smaller venue because I think it's more personal. Um, I know Greg's... Greg's one of the best supporters of live local music and just, he's always going to stuff way more than I am because... Having a kid who's in hockey, it takes my weekends away. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, I still try to get out when I can and support friends and everything. And it's like, if it's an intimate place that you can just kind of be part of it, that to me is so much more fulfilling. I mean, the biggest place that I really want to go to now would be like the Orpheum. Yeah, yeah, a theater show. I don't want to go any bigger than that. Yeah. You know, I'll go to First Ave still, and I used to, I lived there when I was 21. And uh, I saw so many bands, and I loved it, and it was always felt like you're just right there. And uh, and now it's like sixty eight thousand people. Yeah, I think I'll pass. It's not. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't sound worth it. I mean, COVID stuff aside, like it's just it's a whole different experience at a theater tour or not a theater tour, a stadium tour or show than than it is at the small. Although venue. it is impressive watching these crews put it all together. Oh man, I, I've always been amazed. I don't. I don't understand any of the logistics of it, but I'm just amazed that they're able to flip that thing so quick. It is. It's amazing. Uh, I mean, they can be in and out, uh, set up in 12 hours, and be out in 12 hours. Wow. It's kind of like watching roofers go through your neighborhood. <laughs> Good roofers, <laughs> you know. Yeah. <laughs> All of a sudden, they're at the end of the block, and you're like, "Oh, they got. They did everyone today." But they handpick everybody for their tours, and everybody knows their job, and everybody does their thing, and they just kind of. It's like a watching an ant colony. Yeah. Oh, that's a good way to put it. That makes sense. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. And I got all, all the respect in the world for these people who do this night in and night out. Because everybody's like, oh, that'd be so awesome. You get to see so-and-so play and you're on the Guns N' Roses tour. Usually you're grabbing a couple hours of sleep while they're playing <laughs> because you've been up since 6 a.m. Yeah. Setting this all up. That's and then once break. it's done, you got to tear it all down. Oof. Yes. Yeah, so your break is when they're playing. Exactly. Yeah, that's, you're, you're like uh, like the bus drivers. They're in the same boat, right? That's their break, too. Yeah. 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 It's, people don't understand the whole ecosystem that goes on behind these big concerts and the, the festival circuit and everything. It's just wild. There's a lot to it. And it's, it, it's if you have a good, um, I'll call it stage manager or whatever you want to call it, production manager, um, who has everything lined up and can just sit there and, all right, this is this and this is this. We're testing this at this time, and everything just runs like clockwork. And, yeah, and that that's impressive. Yeah, and that's that's a lot to manage. Absolutely. You know what's not a lot to manage, Steve? What's that? Getting you to sing one more song. <laughs> <laughs> Let me get a drink here. All right, take take a breather. Uh, also, everyone, Steve has been uh, powering through a cold for us, so we really appreciate that he's been he's been up to talk to us and, and made it up and still singing songs. The show must go on, folks. This is a true professional. This is how you know you've got uh, someone who's been around the block a time or two before. Making me sound cheap. <laughs> I didn't mean that. <laughs> it's okay. I am sometimes. Oh. <laughs> uh, 
Oh, well, you are listening to Glad You're Here and Happy Productions dot live live with Steve Peterson from Whiskey Monday. Um, Steve, I should also ask you, where can the people find you? Where where should they go to find all your stuff? Um, well, we are on Facebook. It's a uh, Whiskey Monday on Facebook. Um, we are in Reverb Nation backslash Whiskey Monday, and there's music on there. There's connects to everything. If you're interested in music, we are on pretty much every you know Spotify. Pandora, uh, Apple Music, you name it. Cool. Uh, we also have stuff on YouTube. So it's it's out there, and uh, it's cool. I mean, I, 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 I'm just amazed when you're getting listeners that are in China, and you're getting listeners in Africa, and Russia, and Germany, and it's like, okay, this is pretty cool. And just, it's amazing how many people you reach. Yeah, you're touching everyone around the world. Yeah, yeah, and it's like, and I don't again. I don't care if it's one person or two hundred people. It's like if they're into it, that's great. And it's huge. Help somebody, you know, having a bad day, or, or maybe they're having a good day, and I need to bring them down. I don't. Know. <laughs> that's that's what it's all about, though. It's just you know appreciating appreciating the fans that you get and taking care of them, and that's that's why you've been able to be so successful and thank you for doing what you're doing thank you for coming up here appreciate it. we appreciate it and and please keep making the music you've been making because like you said it it matters to people and it's it's important um and the one thing that uh, this is me i'm gonna get on my soapbox again for everybody I do, I do this every now and then but streaming is cool if you're in russia or germany or whatever it's also cool if you're in america and you you want to hear some whiskey monday but the best way to support steve and his music is to go to the show buy the ticket or buy the cd buy buy whatever you can buy some merch when you go He's wearing a cool Whiskey Monday hat. I imagine those are probably for sale at gigs. We do have a bunch of merch. Yeah. Uh, I invested uh, in a bunch of stuff right before Matt said, oh, I'm moving. Oh, Matt, come on. Well, you just send him a bill when he gets to Nashville. There you go. <laughs> send him an invoice. Um, yeah, so the best way to support Steve, and Steve, Steve's too nice to say this, but like Spotify pays not even close to what these songs are worth, Point zero 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 five cents a stream. So the best way to really support is just to buy some merch, go to a show, take it in, and enjoy it. And you're going to enjoy it more than you will a Beyonce show. I guarantee it. I, uh, I, will, I will personally pay for the ticket to guarantee that. <laughs> it's, uh, you always have a lot of friends that, you know, it's like you grew up and it's like, oh, we'll see him next week because he's playing all the time. And it's like, I, I don't play that much anymore. And it was, you know, A, the hiatus and COVID before that. But the other part of it is if you play more than once a month, People just say, well, I'll just catch them next month, and it's they don't true. come out. Yeah. So it's like, all right, Minneapolis has always been a traditional and good local scene, and uh, and I think that scene is changing too. Um, I'm probably more popular in the outskirts than I am in Minneapolis, and that's part of my goal is to kind of reach those people more and go play in front of them. Yeah, and that's, I mean, it's, it's one of the cool things about Happy Productions too. I mean, starting up in Bram, was like there was not as anywhere to see live music in Bram. No. So everybody that came to a show It's a name on a sign as you go by. <laughs> exactly. So everyone up in Bram was just ex- super excited to have the listening room there and then the quality of the artists that were coming through and then the artists play and they're like, "Wow, these people are hungry for music." And it's like, "Yeah, cuz it's an hour drive to the cities to go catch a show and it's you can't always get a sitter, it's a whole thing, right. but you want to go catch a show at the listening room around the corner, the, it, people loved that." And so I don't remember where I was going with this, but <laughs> supporting live music, <laughs> supporting live music. Right. And so like people in the outskirts, if you don't appreciate it while you have it, that's what I was going to say. I'll let you sing and I'll shut up. Well, I was going to say, Greg is in, he's been influential as far as getting me into different uh, places up here that I'd never heard of. You know, he's the one that introduced me to happy productions. Oh, thanks Greg. Uh, appreciate Greg that. is the one that introduced me to that. Uh, that uh, I don't want to call it a brewery. It was that distillery. We went oh, saw, I say any spirits? Is that what it was? Where we saw Charlie Parr sitting on the front porch playing? Oh, Sandy Brewery. Sandy Brewery? Okay. Just different places. Like, he's connected in that kind of stuff, and it's inspiring when you go see this. Yeah. And it's uh, this is this guy's property, and this is his front porch, and uh, he's got artists that come out there and they play. Just hang out. It's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. So that's one thing that's been inspiring, just seeing all these out outlying areas and what they're, you know... It's changing. Exactly. Not everybody's going to play first half. No, exactly. And it's it's not for everybody, you know? No. Yeah. All right, so this is a brand new one that I have never played before. So uh, let's see how bad I screwed up. <laughs> I love it. I was talking to Greg uh, 
couple of days ago as far as well, what songs do you think I should say, play? And I was like, I got these new ones that you haven't even heard, so I guess I'll choose one of those. Perfect. dig that song <laughs> man I, I i feel like you should open the next record with that one i know you already have sequencing figured out and i haven't heard Actually, all of this it, is brand new it's not even gonna be on that new record really this is another thing i've already got six songs for another oh, record man dude you can't stop uh you know i went into this like i told you earlier it's like i used to write one song in a year and then all of a sudden i get into these binges where i'll write 10 songs in two months three months yeah and and then you kind of got to tear them apart and then you look at them differently and then you come back to it and maybe a month later or whatever it's very well there's been a few songs that i wrote in like 10 15 minutes and the whole song was done it just flowed jeez but usually i come back to it i tear it apart and i look at where i can make it better and you know it's like these have come pretty easy considering um but this was was inspired by kind of Looking around at what's going on in the world and social media and all of that kind of stuff, and uh, you know, in in our genre, if you want to call it Liz genre of music, you know, it tends to be male dominated. I, I can tell you that my fan base is probably sixty seven percent male. Yeah, and it's like, and that's okay. You know, I, I I'm a guy and I have a guy's perspective, but I wanted to change that, so I tried to write this one from a female perspective in empowering this woman. 
to kind of have her own thoughts on things. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it, it, there's a lot of tongue in cheek in this song, obviously. I think, you, <laughs> I hope you could tell. I, a little bit. But again, you're writing from a dark perspective musically, and then you kind of keep the lyrics a little bit lighter, kind of humorous, and then it, it means something a little bit different. Yeah, and and then, what is it? Sleater Kinney is one of those bands that I, I listened to at first, and I thought, God, these people are depressing. Right. But then you listen to the lyrics, and it's like, wait a minute. I don't think it's supposed to be like, you know, it's not as dark, and it's it's actually there's humor to that. Exactly. So I try to draw influence from anybody and everybody. Um, but again, it's that duality. It's like I'm a guy. I look at things a certain way, but it's okay to look at it as a female perspective too, because I think it, it challenges you to write differently and to understand a little bit differently. Yeah, you know, I I love talking to you about this because it's almost like songwriting as a philosophy. Yeah, you know, like yeah. it's 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 like you're you're a songwriting philosopher. I love it. I'll take that. Yeah, I, <laughs> I dig it. And uh, here's the sad part: we've already hit our hour. Damn, we're that's it, quick. It flies by. You're not. You're not. Are you leaving? You sticking around? No, I'll stick around. All right, cool. Well, I got to thank some sponsors, and we're gonna come back and uh, thank you, sponsors. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, keep this show alive. Yes, they they do keep this show alive, and then we'll come back. I'm glad you're here. Steve's gonna stick around. We got some other great local music, and uh, we're gonna play some Whiskey Monday for you. So stay tuned for all of that. You're listening to Glad You're Here in Happy Productions Live. Thanks again, Steve. Really appreciate you coming. Hey, thanks in, for man. having me. This has been a blast. Yeah, man, my pleasure. This is fun. All right, we'll be right back. There it was, folks. My conversation with Steve. Peterson, as you could tell by the recording, he did hang out in the studio for a little while longer. I just, to keep these around the hour length, we, uh, we, we ended up cutting that because it was a lot of like interspersed DJing, other songs and things of that nature. And I'm going to be frank with you folks, I'm a little lazy. I, don't, I didn't want to edit four hours of audio, so I just edited the one. But Steve's a great guy, great friend, making cool music, cool songwriter, cool guy all around. So go follow him, his band Whiskey Monday. Thank you for listening to the show. For your support, of glad you're here. You can find me, Grant Glad, grantgladmusic.com, or my Instagram, just grantgladmusic. You can support the show on facebook.com slash show. We appreciate it. Thanks for tuning in and listening. And next week, we'll have a brand new episode for you dropping every Wednesday of the Glad You're Here podcast. Again, thank you so much for supporting your local scene, our local scene, local music, local artists, local everything, right? I'm Grant Glad. Thanks again for tuning in. I'll talk to you next week. Goodbye.